recently, uh, Eric Adams, our mayor, our embattled mayor, announced uh, plans for bi- billions of dollars more in budget cuts uh, to all sorts of essential services here in New York, claiming we are in a budget crisis. The, the mayor, of course, uh, has some crisis of his own to deal with, uh, with the FBI investigation uh, bearing down on him and some of his uh, top uh, uh, aides, including his uh, uh, chief fundraiser, Brianna Suggs. And to joining us today to talk about all that and more is the Independence John Tufel, author of the, our uh, This Month in Eric Adams uh, column. Uh, John's been writing for us for a couple of years now, and we love everything he writes in the paper and on our website. Uh, John Tufel, welcome to the Independent News Hour. Thank you, John. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing great. Uh, so, um, I think uh, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, the first, you know, we maybe start with some of the most recent news, uh, which is the uh, the budget cuts that that are being planned. Um, and I think we're going to go to a thought here. Maybe hear from the mayor himself uh, speaking uh, recently to uh, CBS uh, Channel Two, uh, uh, making his pitch for why he had to has to do this. Yeah. We have to balance our budget by law two years out. This is the law. And we know what happened. 142,000 migrant asylum seekers, no real help coming from the federal government. We need more assistance on all levels of governments. And it's going to impact. And I say it over and over again. This has been one of the most painful periods in my public life on some of the cuts we have to make. But again- okay, so uh, the mayor, uh, once again, making the argument that our we should blame uh, the migrants uh, for all our troubles. Uh, your reaction to that? Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of things going on there. I mean, it is obviously true that the migrant uh, issue has cost the city money that it didn't initially anticipate spending. Uh, and I don't think anyone disputes that. But I think the issue that Eric Adams has is, you know, we have to look at how the city is spending its its the taxpayer money besides that. I mean, he's just been a poor fiscal steward of New York City's finances. I mean, he has his untouchable priorities. Let's take a look at let's take an example of this recent five percent cuts that he just announced. I mean, he initially Just a couple of days ago, last week, when he first announced that these 5% across-the-board cuts were coming into effect, he said that they would include the NYPD. I mean, that was part of it. And, in fact, it prompted Governor Hochul to come forward and say, oh, well, maybe the state can can step in and help uh, the city, you know, not have to cut the NYPD. She didn't say that about any of the other cuts, but she said that about the NYPD. And then we found out yesterday that he is reversing that, that the NYPD is not going to be part of these cuts. Um, I mean, he has funneled billions and billions of dollars, mo- much more than the city has had to spend on the migrants in the last year. He's funneled much, much more money than that toward the NYPD. He's increased the NYPD budget dramatically. He signed into, uh, he put into place a, a new contract uh, with the uh, officers union that cost the city a one-time hit of $5.5 billion. And that is going to continue uh, to cost the city billions of dollars every year in, in massively increased salaries. Even right now, the city is spending, the NYPD is spending $500 million 
on a new radio system with the goal of that radio system solely to be that reporters and activists and anyone who monitors the NYPD can't listen to the uh, formerly public frequencies of the, of NYPD radios. And that's so a I mean, frequency that NYPD radio has been uh, listenable for the public since 1932. Wild, isn't it? A hundred years almost that we have been able to listen to this and now it's going away. And I mean, you can ask any reporter. I mean, stories have been broken this way. The only reason, uh, the city was able to obtain, um, uh, able to eventually obtain video footage of Daniel Pantaleo, uh, killing Eric Garner was because a police reporter had been tipped off by a 911 call and was able to locate a witness on the scene who had the video. So, uh, I mean, th- this is usually important. Activists have used these fee- these radio feeds for years. Um, and, you know, th- but, I mean, let's focus on the money for now, right? Like, let's put aside anything else, anything of the value of these, of these public radio frequencies. This is $500 million. The city spent $1.45 billion on the migrants in the last year. This is over a third of that just for this radio thing. So, I mean, when he says that the city is facing this massive uh, budget crunch, he doesn't act that way when it comes to his favored priorities. Uh, you know, and he's shown that again and again and again. Um, and also, you know, he talks about how the federal government has not stepped in with sufficient um, funds to to help the city out uh, to house these migrants. And, you know... That may be true. I mean, the city, the federal government has kicked in money. It may be true that they should kick in more. I mean, I don't think any New York City person would turn down money from the federal government. But Eric Adams has been effectively has put himself in an oppositional position to Joe Biden. I mean, he has for quite some time now, for many months now, has effectively been attacking Joe Biden for his immigration policy and echoing right wing attacks on the Biden administration. Uh, that's not going to ingratiate, uh, him with the Biden administration or make them more inclined to, uh, to give money to the city, especially when Eric Adams has kind of created this dynamic where to give money to the city now would seem to be, um, conceding Eric Adams criticisms of the Biden administration. So, I mean, look, it's perfectly fine to have criticisms of the Biden administration. I'm, I have many of them myself, but for the mayor to kind of put himself in opposition to the president, who's also the leader of the of the political party that Eric Adams ostensibly belongs to, uh, it just feels like a terrible strategic mistake and just something that has now put Eric Adams in a box. And, you know, what? Right. What's up uh, uh, all well, this. Sorry. Go right. ahead. Yeah. Now, uh. Well, real quick again, I just want to let our listeners know we we're talking with uh, indie columnist John Tufel about all things uh, Eric Adams for the rest of the, the show. Uh, if you want to uh, call in and chime in with a question, you can call uh, 212-209-2877. Again, that's 212-209-2877. Uh, John, yeah, when you talk about uh, Eric Adams uh, uh, being at odds uh, with the Biden administration earlier this month, he was on the Amtrak train right. heading down to Washington uh, to join some other big city mayors like the mayors of Chicago and Denver, uh, who've also uh, uh, had a lot of migrants show up in their cities and and meet with 
uh, Biden administration officials in Washington. This was going to be his chance to to make a pitch for uh, what the problems are, what the needs are, the money they need, et cetera, except he'd never made it to that meeting because he turned around to go back to New York when he learned that his uh, chief fundraiser, Brianna Suggs, was her home was being raided and uh, the FBI was, uh, you know, uh, con- con- leading an investigation into his uh, campaign fundraising uh, practices from a couple of years ago when he ran for mayor. Right. It's wild, isn't it? Sometimes history kind of puts this uh, like a confluence of events all happening at the same time. in such a, a perfect way that, you know, it makes you feel like irony is is a real thing in life. Um, but, yeah, I mean, while he was on his way to go deal with this migrant crisis in some form or fashion to try to obtain the funding that he says um, the city so desperately needs, uh, you know, he he bailed. I mean, what else can you say? It's awful optics at the very least. Uh, it looked like he was panicking. Uh, oh, I I can't imagine why. I mean, this is the other thing. I mean, we really have no idea why he even felt the need to come back here. I mean, what exactly required him to be on the ground here, especially since he is claiming that, you know, this has nothing to do with him and his campaign is above board and all that stuff. I mean, exactly what was it that necessitated his presence within the five boroughs of New York City um, because Brianna Suggs was was having her home raided and you know uh now he, he since had uh the fbi uh uh jump him and and take uh two yeah. iphones and a and a laptop uh of his away from him yeah what an image right like the idea that um he would as i've read it he was sitting in his uh suv and the fbi agents kind of pushed aside his private security and entered the SUV, the backseat with him and served him with the warrant and demanded that he hand over his communications devices. Very aggressive, um, very, um, uh, very indicative that there is something here. You know, we don't know exactly what any of this means just yet. Right. It appears at least in part to have to do with uh, fundraising uh, that was done through uh, uh, sources in Turkey. uh, apparently close to the uh, government of uh, President Erdogan in Turkey. But uh, I want to uh, pivot here for a moment. We've got a couple of people on hold uh, that have called in. Uh, first caller, uh, can you tell us your name and where you're calling from? Hi, I just want to make sure that I can be heard. My name is Caitlin. Yes, uh, we hear you. Uh, well, what's your uh, question or comment for John? Hi, Caitlin. Okay, Hello. My name is Caitlin. I am a student at Hunter College. I'm also a member of the CUNY Internationalist Club. And I just wanted to call in to talk a little bit about this current issue of censorship and the CUNY administration's ban on the film selling of Israelism. And, yeah, what, what's your, what, what, what's your uh, thought about it? Well, I'm one of many students who are currently circulating a petition that the CUNY administration reverse their ban and provide a large space for the film to be shown during the month of November 2023, so this month. And I just want to say that this action by the administration is a direct attack on 
academic freedom and freedom of speech and is totally contrary to the purposes of education and that the reception that we've been receiving from other students has been really positive um, and that I think as students we understand that this isn't just about professors or faculty members but that this is also a threat against us and our basic democratic rights as students and our ability to mobilize in defense of oppressed people around the world, which, you know, the past events of this past year and since 2020 and before that has shown how important it is for students and anyone um, really who works in New York City and elsewhere to be able to mobilize um, in defense of oppressed people and all those. Absolutely. I just Uh, wanted to say those comments. John, were you starting to say something? No, no. Okay. Well, Caitlin, uh, I, I applaud you for continuing to organize and, and keeping that issue on the, on the, you know, at the forefront at Hunter College. And, you know, like I said it in that last segment, I have a feeling you're going to have a really big uh, turnout when they finally are forced to uh, show that film. Uh, but now I want to go to our uh, next caller. Are, are you there? Yes. This is Rose from Flemington. I was in New York for many years, but I moved out a number of years ago. Uh, what, a what's of... your name and where are you calling from? Rose from Flemington, New Jersey. Uh, I would like to make a couple of comments on quite diverse items. Number one is the, a rat czar. Now, what the hell do you need a rat czar? Poisoning the rats so that the birds come and get poisoned. Um I heard something on the radio a couple of weeks ago that you can actually... By the way, Rose, not to interrupt you, but the the cuts, the 5% cuts, are also targeting sanitation, including specifically some of the rat production. These are uh, are not important things. Well, I had heard something to the effect that rats are very good at detecting landmines. Uh, That could very well be the case. I wouldn't know. Yeah, well, wouldn't it be great just to attract the rats, you know, get those little the little uh, Jack Russells in the terriers and collect them all, stop paying the czar. The czar's not doing the damn thing but selling poison. And the other thing I'd like to also address is that we have a, a, a wash of, of people coming into the city, and we're using hotels to put them up. And listen, I'm very, I've traveled extensively, I speak other languages, I don't hate anybody. But it seems perfectly logical to me that you would use trailers. You have all these places, you know, various fields and military stuff. These could be easily built. You know, they're already in, in around, so we can get them and reuse them and move them as we need them. Um, he doesn't seem to be terribly lucid to reality. I mean, he's, you know, he's got sort of the syndrome. You're talking about the new radio system there. Remember when Rudy Giuliani and then and 9-11 and the system, they had a walkie-talkie system that the firemen couldn't get out. It was non-functioning. And he has the same kind of vanity as Rudy. That's my speech. Okay. Thank you, Rose. Uh, John, uh, any further response from you? Um, I, you know, <laughs> don't you love New Yorkers, though, John? <laughs> okay. So, um... So we were talking about we were talking Turkey. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, Turkey's on people's minds. But uh, with Eric Adams, a, a, a different kind of Turkey uh, appears to have been on his mind for the last few years. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say that he's probably got two um, sorts of Turkey in mind this holiday season. Um, one thing I did want to bring up just because it just was released today was the um, 
new Marist poll, which um, uh, puts Eric Adams. I mean, he's ex- he's become extremely unpopular. I don't know that he was ever terribly popular. Um, he only beat Maya Wiley by less than one percentage point. I think it's uh, actually but, Catherine Garcia at the end. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, Maya Wiley. That's who I've replaced in my head. But yeah, you're right. Catherine Garcia. Um, but, uh, but yeah, his approval rating overall among New York City people, according to the Marist poll released today, uh, approval is 37%, disapprove is 54%, which is a fairly large gap, um, between approve and disapprove. And, uh, it goes across every, um, every bracket that they polled for, every borough, income levels, education, race, age, gender, um, you know, he's not a popular mayor. And, uh, I think it's particularly, uh, incredible when you think about the fact that he is a Democrat, ostensibly, and this is a, uh, a heavily Democratic city. You know, um, there's not a lot of Republicans here. So you'd think he'd have something of a leg up in terms of public approval. And he appears to have, um, lost it. I mean, his approval ratings are, uh, akin to, what Joe Biden is facing on a national level, and that's in a 50-50 Democratic and Republican country. Um, so, I mean, a lot of people, it appears, are just not appreciating the job that Eric Adams is doing as mayor. And uh, I think that, you know, we talk about this FBI investigation. None of us know where it's actually going to go. None of us know if he's going to be arrested, if he'll have to step down, if there will be indictments. I, none of us know any of that, right? We'd be reading tea leaves. But I think that what we do know is that before this FBI investigation and the Southern District investigation into Eric Adams, that whether or not somebody was actually going to run against him in the Democratic primary in 2025 would uh, step forward and actually do it. We didn't know if that was going to happen. There were a lot of people hoping and a lot of people encouraging, um, members of the city political, uh, circles, excuse me, to run against him, but we just didn't know. And now I think it's safe to say that there is going to be a challenger, at least one challenger and probably multiple challengers. Um, there's blood in the water, People realize he's a damaged mayor. People realize that right. he very well could lose re-election. And yeah, I think if you could just oh, speak that. a little louder here, but we just are down to our final minute. Uh, if you could also just sort of uh, draw out uh, succinctly uh, the relationship between this particular scandal and the sort of general uh, pay-to-play atmosphere around the Adams administration since he came into office. Well, he's been a mayor who's been very fond of, of the sort of nepotism that, uh, where, wherein, you know, he'll reward loyalists and reward friends of his and overlook, um, overlook ethical issues and even legal troubles. I mean, uh, Phil Banks, who's the deputy mayor is probably the best example of that. You know, Phil Banks resigned years ago from the NYPD in shame. I mean, it's, it's, it's fair to say that he was an unindicted uh, party to an FBI investigation, uh, into corruption. And, uh, he wound up leaving the department in a, in a cloud of shame. And he was kind of brought back out and brought back into public life by Eric Adams, um, who's given him a very, very high position. Yeah. Um, uh, John, 
we're gonna yes. we're gonna have to stop uh for now but it's always great to have you join us uh on the independent news hour 